Forget everything you've ever heard about dieting. What if you could eat the foods you love and find a way to get fit that was actually enjoyable? Welcome to Have It All with Devin Alexander. The chef from TV's Biggest Loser has lost 70 pounds and kept it off for over 30 years. She has also helped others to stop yo-yo dieting and actually transformed their lives. Now, here's your host, Devin Alexander. Hey, everyone. I am so excited to be here. I, as you know, I don't often have, well, actually, I've never had another chef on the show before. Um, I will give you my jelly bean update in a second. Um, and But first, I wanted to tell you, you definitely want to stay tuned. Because my dear friend, Pamela Salzman, who is an amazing chef, is on today. And as I said, I never have chefs on the show because I feel like it's my expertise. Um, every once in a while, there may be an anomaly to that. But, and and I think you know that the whole purpose of the show being have it all is really to show you the other side of the weight loss that I use in my coaching and not just talk about food, which I do so much on my platforms. But today I'm kind of making an exception, number one, because Pamela is just so insanely brilliant and she's my girlfriend. Um, and I feel so blessed to have her in my life and I just love to give back to my friends, but also because she specializes in foods that are, I guess the best way to say it is even more wholesome than mine are. As everyone knows, I'm pushing the envelope and I'm the girl writing the book for American Diabetes Association that's like pizzas and burgers and all the stuff that you think there's no way you can have. Um, Pamela, on the other hand, takes the ingredients we should be eating and makes those like insanely delicious. So um, it's a little different like that. And she has, um, her son is a character in her blog, for those of you, probably a lot of you know her, but for those who don't, her son is a character called Mr. Picky. So right after the Jelly Bean update, we'll be bringing her on. So basically, I am still in awe of my little angel. Like, I, I don't even know how to say it, so I'm going to keep it short today, but it's amazing. Like, the one thing that I struggle with is that I just am so go, 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 go in so many ways. And like, she brightens me so much. And I find myself like not completely 100% present with her as much as I would like to be. So I'm really working on that. But other than that, right now, like everything is perfect. She's adorable. She's sweet. Um, she's she's just, you know, doing exactly what she's supposed to be doing and, um, making my life brighter. So on that note, I, I just wanted to fill you in cause I know I do this every week, but there's nothing so new. And I still am just waiting for the day that they say she's yours and you're adopted, which is coming up. I hope so everyone please continue manifesting that for me. Um, so without further ado, Pamela Salzman is a natural foods cooking instructor, cookbook author, food blogger, and holistic health counselor. She is also the culinary nutritionist for Clean Eating Magazine. Pamela's first cookbook, which we're talking about today, I'm so excited, Kitchen Matters, was published in June of 2017. She shares her healthful, family-friendly recipes and cooking tips on her website, PamelaSalzman.com, where you can also find information about her online cooking series that is so, or cooking classes, and they're brand new, so I'm so excited for her. And then also, what she doesn't say in her bio is she is so good, unlike me, at doing Instagram stories constantly and telling you about her favorite products and uh, she resides in Manhattan Beach California with her hottie husband and her three kids and her husband just went vegan um, which we'll talk about that too so Pamela welcome to the show well hi I'm so <laughs> honored okay honored <laughs> on so many levels number one that you don't have chefs on did you mention that yeah I think you did you yeah, don't have chefs <laughs> you don't have chefs on your show, so I'm very honored. And just because you are a dear friend and I have so much respect for you. So it's just awesome to be in this space with you right now. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, you've brought so much joy to my life. And just so people know, so Pamela and I joke that we had a first date. Um, someone met me who I guess he went to college with you, right? He went to high school with my husband. 
Oh, he went to high school with your husband. Okay, I forgot that part. It's been a long time. Yeah. We've been friends for a while. And basically, he's like, oh, my God, you live in Manhattan Beach. You have to meet Pamela Salzman. And so when we talked, I always do this thing where I'm like, do you want to go? Like, when I'm meeting women, I'm like, do you want to go for a walk on the Strand, When which is the beachfront walk right by our houses? And, uh, and like, hoping all the time that people are going to say yes, because I really don't want to be on the phone. And, you know, like... I don't know. I just feel like there's something about being in your running shoes and, and chill that just brings everybody's defenses down. So it was so nice because Pamela immediately was like, yes. Are you kidding? Walking and talking. It's the best. It was a blind date, mind you. Yes, totally blind. Yeah. Like we hadn't, um, we, I mean, I heard so many amazing things about you and you definitely sounded like somebody I wanted to meet, but I think everybody knows too, that sometimes you know, women, um, sometimes you meet women and they're so amazingly overjoyed and excited to meet other like-minded women. And sometimes you get this weird sort of competitive edge. And the beauty of Pamela is like, you don't feel that at all. She's just like a ball of loveliness. And, uh, for those who haven't seen her face yet, this is kind of a waste being on the radio because she's so gorgeous. And, uh, (laughs) the cool thing for me is that every once in a blue moon, somebody will be like, Oh, is that your sister? (laughs) And I'm like, I wish. (laughs) So (sighs) no, it's true. I mean, the truth is like, we instantly had a million things to talk about. And it's funny because I just, I mean, I love getting Pamela's ideas and, and the best is she invites me to Thanksgiving every year. So if I'm not with my family, I'm with her family. And let me just tell you that Thanksgiving is off the charts. And the fact that I don't have to do it, because I don't know if most people know, but both Pamela and I probably, I mean, at least I know I do. And I think you do too, Pamela. Like we're on so many TV shows before Thanksgiving that I've already made Thanksgiving dinner like times three, four or five by the time Thanksgiving day comes. And I know that yeah, for me, it's actually times like 15 because I teach oh, three right. weeks of five classes a week of Thanksgiving classes before Thanksgiving. So, yeah, I'm, it's like I'm done. But I'm, it's always a joy to, you know, obviously cook what you want for your friends and family. It's a totally different experience. Well, yeah. And then last year, uh, not only did you do that, but then you were on KTLA the next morning with the actual <laughs> leftovers showing people okay, what I know. to do with that the leftovers. Was- that was insane, though. Remind me never to do that again. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty great. I was like, okay, I want to go home and go to sleep. Thank you for stuffing me with the best turkey ever. <laughs> right. Yeah, I highly recommend not going on an early morning TV show the day after Thanksgiving. Not yeah, especially when you're the one hosting. Exactly. You know. Wow. And then you have all those people. But anyway, so let's get into business. So let's Mm. talk Mr. Picky. Like, how did that come about? You know, when I started my blog, which it wasn't that long ago, but I would say it was like a good six or seven years ago. Yeah, probably like seven years ago. I don't know. People would tell me that you're not supposed to give out your kids' names and where you live and give out all this private information. So when I started my blog, I didn't want to put my kids' names out there. So I decided to create this character name for my son and he was so picky and he's still kind of picky and everybody's got a picky kid. I mean, 90% of the people that I meet have a picky child. And so it was just a way for me to, number one, not have to call him by his real name, but then identify him in a way that other people could relate to. And so I think people just assume that when you're a chef and I'm a cooking instructor that, oh, my kids, they just must eat everything I put in front of them. And I know what I'm doing. And I know all the tips and tricks for how to get kids to eat stuff. And and sure enough, I had a really picky child. So I just called him Mr. Picky. So that's how it started. And ironically, I mean, not to fast forward too much, he's not quite as picky as he used to be, thank goodness. But I said to him at one point recently, I said, you know, people are giving me a hard time because they don't think you're that picky and I call you Mr. Picky. So maybe we should just call you by your first name. He's like, oh no, I am famous. That's my brand. I'm like, okay. So well, you know what's staying. really funny? So he's a teenager now, for yeah. those who obviously don't follow. And at your book launch party, I don't know if I ever talked to you about this, but so last year I was at one of Pamela's many book launch parties, 
And I asked him how he felt about being Mr. Picky. Because, you know, teenagers can be really sensitive and things. And he looked at me and he's like, oh, it's awesome. <laughs> and then someone standing there was like, yeah, he's Mr. Picky with the girls, that, which makes him really cool. <laughs> yeah, so, he thinks he's famous. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, I love that he's famous for that. But actually, I would love to talk about that, you know, is mm-hmm. kind of more why I brought it up. But even though we love that he's thriving in his social life. Um so what was that like for you? Like, how picky was he at the time you started that and just growing up? And then, you know, I kind of want your thoughts because for those who don't know, Pamela and I are similar in age, um, but we've been on completely different paths. I went to Smith um, and I'm single, obviously. She went to Wharton, met her college sweetheart and has been married forever. She has um, kids that are going off to college while I'm starting that phase of my life. And I focused a lot more on my career earlier. And now she's having more time for that. So it's funny because we have the same life, but it's sort of in a different order. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love for you to talk about that because I'm still in this curious phase. Like, you know, last uh, in the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about, you know, what is the first thing I'm going to feed Jelly Bean? And uh, it's, I don't know. It's really interesting think, for me as a chef. Yeah, I mean, and... it's definitely something that comes up a lot in my classes, especially with my students who are younger moms who are just getting into the toddler age where kids are starting to exert a little bit more independence, especially with respect to eating. And, you know, it can be really frustrating for people. I think a lot of parents just feel like they did something wrong or they're not a good cook if their kids don't want to eat what they put in front of them or, you know, why do I have one kid that eats everything and then one kid, you know, who really won't eat anything unless it's like white bread or white pasta, macaroni and cheese, pizza. So it can be really tricky and there's just no way to predict what you're going to get. But something that I learned early on, and I had all of those types of kids, to be honest with you. I had one who was picky for a little while, and then she was, you know, great. And then one who ate everything right from the get-go. And then I had my son, who he's still pretty picky. Um, So one thing I learned early on, though, was that a lot of the times, especially with the younger kids, toddler, um, younger elementary school age, it's not really about the food a lot of the times. Sometimes it's just about power, And the fact that your toddler just needs to have something over on you, needs to have some way to be independent. And it's just really easy to refuse to eat or just to be like, yeah, I know I liked that yesterday, but today, not so much. Mm -hmm. So I just learned to be really chill about it and not allow it to get to me, especially like not let my kids see it get to me because I just didn't want to fuel that, you know? And I also learned something from my parents, which was I don't make second meals. I work really hard. I don't have a lot of time. I don't need to start setting a precedent for starting to just, you know, make multiple meals a night. No, Nobody has time for that. And it's not a good um it's not a good, you know, lesson for your kids that, okay, well, if you don't like what I'm making tonight and you see me then make you some pasta, that that's what's going to happen every night. So I've never done that before. So I'll admit, definitely could be a little frustrating, especially after, you know, you've planned and you've shopped and you've chopped and you've worked hard to make a special meal for your family and there's, you know, the one kid or maybe two that you're like, yeah, we don't feel like that tonight or I'm not really in the mood for that. Um, But I kind of just saw things a little bit more long-term that if I, you know, every once in a while included my kids in meal planning or had them help me in the kitchen or brought them with me to the grocery store or just asked them to have one try um, and, again, didn't make those second meals, that eventually in time, whether that was in a year or in 10 years, they would become good eaters. And I really believe that that's what has happened, at least with me and many of my students. Um, Well, I think the number one piece of advice for people with picky husbands is to get Pamela's book, to be honest. Like, I'm not even joking about that. Because 
like, to be honest, so I didn't really like butternut squash, or so I thought. And then I went to Pamela's for Thanksgiving many years ago, and suddenly I liked butternut squash. And I was like, this is butternut squash. Um, the way she made it was just so amazing that I'm like, huh. And now I actually make it. And in my new book, I have the Parmesan garlic squash fries, and it really mm -hmm. doesn't taste like squash at all. Um, and that was part of what I liked about the way you made it, Pamela. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember the exact recipe. You might remember what you do for Thanksgiving, but I remember that it was in a salad and I knew yeah. what it was, but I just, for whatever reason, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to try that. And I did. And I was so happy. I mean, that's, I think that's like the story of my life with my, with my husband too, who hasn't been the most adventurous eater and my kids. I mean, it's just always like, you know what, just, just try one bite. I mean, it's not going to kill you. If you don't like it afterwards, no big deal. You don't have to have it. More for me kind of a thing. Um, and they also say that it takes 10 to 15 tries for a kid to sometimes like something. And so that could be a long time. And I swear with my son, he's going on like 100 tries with certain foods. <laughs> but he will keep trying it? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, pretty much. It depends. But, um, you know, he's been he, – he, I, I just have to be sort of flexible with him. And that's another thing that, you know, has just worked out for me um, in order for me not to have to make multiple things. Like, he just doesn't like salad dressing. So he'll eat lettuce and vegetables, but not with salad dressing. All right. Well, I'll, I'll give you that for now. One day you'll try salad dressing. One day you'll eat like the rest of us. That's sort of the message. Um, or he sometimes doesn't like foods to touch on his plate. Or, or I do a lot of topping bars for soups and tacos and oatmeal. And that way he just has a little more control over what he's eating. And, I, and those are the things that kind of help me out a little bit. Awesome. Uh, well, we have to take a commercial break already. But okay. when we come back, we will continue these conversations. And maybe we might even figure out how to get your loved ones uh, eating a few more healthy foods. Stay tuned, everyone. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Tune in every week to the Voice America Influencers Channel for The Movement with Shannon D. Hughes. It's all about what's happened in the past that determines the future. Everyone has their up moments and their down moments. The pendulum is always swinging between the victories and the pitfalls in our lives. But each of these serves as success points that we learn from and move forward. Listen for The Movement every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. are listening to have it all with Devin alexander to reach the show today please call 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com now back to have it all Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm here with the amazing and talented Pamela Salzman, and I'm sitting here drooling over her book, Kitchen Matters. I was just reading the back cover. Molly Sims says, when I became a mom, cooking healthy meals at home became a priority. Pamela's teaching and recipes make it super easy. Her tips for planning meals and prepping ahead have changed my life. And Catherine McCord, who a lot of us know from Weelicious, Pamela is one of the most respected cooking teachers in Los Angeles, and this culinary Bible is the next 
best thing to sitting with her, talking in her vast knowledge of whole natural food cooking, which is so true. So I'm going to ask you, Pamela, the question that I hate when people ask me, and I'm curious if you have an answer. Um, what is your favorite recipe in the book? Well, I knew you were going to say that. I almost, <laughs> I almost like interrupted you and be like, what, my favorite recipe in the book? Okay, so <laughs> the reason that you don't like that question is because the book is your favorite recipes, right? It's a collection of, you know, your favorites. And these are a collection of my favorites from my last bunch of years of teaching classes and my students' favorites too. And, you know, it's divided up into categories like most cookbooks are. So, you know, there's the desserts and there's the breakfast and there's veggies and salads. and meat. I mean, so it's definitely hard to pick, but um, I do love a good salad. So I would say that there's this grilled summer salad in there with this creamy cashew dressing that has a little spice to it and has peaches in it and corn and grilled chicken and I, I just love that salad, and I love the dressing because it's so creamy, and I, I use raw cashew butter to make it creamy. So oh, it can wow. just appeal to a lot of different people. So I love that salad. And then I would have to say, if I'm allowed a second recipe, and I promise I'll stop oh, there, yes. is no, my fine. grain-free chocolate zucchini cake that uh. is is delicious. And people, I don't even know how it works because all it is is basically like almond butter and cocoa powder and some maple syrup and zucchini and like an egg. But it's like chocolate cake and there's no grains, there's no flour. So basically like eating almond butter and zucchini together. <laughs> Pretty well, awesome. and I, that, amazing. It's so funny because that conjures up visions of my grandmother. My grandmother actually tricked me. I am so, I think you know, and I, I think a lot of my fans know, but I was super close to my grandmother growing up. Like mm -hmm. after, I loved watching her and cooking with her and all of those things, but there were a few years in my, I don't know, like maybe I was like six, seven, eight, something like that, where she was, she would make us go to church all the time and she would kick our friends out to make us go to church on like a Saturday or a Tuesday or whatever. And then she also was sometimes making things we didn't like. And, you know, when we were sort of in, the, in our most bratty age, it was a little difficult. And I was, I was Miss Picky, truly. Like, I wouldn't eat any vegetables at all at that age. And she made this chocolate zucchini cake. And my grandfather, on the other hand, was, like, this super nice, sweet, like, did anything we wanted. You know, your typical grandfather. Mm -hmm. And she tricked me into eating her chocolate zucchini cake, knowing that I'd love it because I was such a little chocoholic. And then she was like, you ate zucchini. And I just felt so, like... <sighs> Just, I don't know, hurt that she would do defeated. that. Defeated. Like, how dare she give me zucchini? <laughs> yeah, you're like defeated. Oh. Yeah. But you know something? The, the famous line about that recipe is when I told my son, because I'm not one of those like sneaky chefs. I told my son, I said, by the way, there's zucchini in there. And he was like shoving it into his face. He goes, I don't even care. <laughs> Yeah, I somehow, like, I seriously was so picky, I was angry, but, um, but no, that's amazing. I know, um, I'm curious, what, well, first of all, people should know that I, I love your book because you have pictures on almost every single page. I don't know how you talked your, well, at least, I don't know, at least three quarters, if not more, 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 um, I don't know how you talk your publisher into that because I haven't gotten that yet. Um, yeah, but, but like three quarters. There isn't. There's not a photo for every um, recipe, but yeah, like definitely three quarters. Yeah, it seems like the industry standard in my world has been like maybe a third of it. And, you know, I, with this most recent book, I pushed in some extra photos um, because I really wanted lifestyle stuff in there. But this is just, it's like so gorgeous and like makes well, you want to eat vegetables. Thank you. I mean, part of my background is, you know, again, I'm a cooking teacher. I mean, that's my business. That's what I do uh, almost every single day. And so I needed the book to come from a cooking instructor's point of view and you kind of need visuals for that. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of how I positioned it with my publisher. Yes. Well, I mean, that's awesome. As I said, it's, um, it's just so nice because it really is fun. I mean, people do say that they'd prefer one. And, and I think everybody knows that with like my newest book, I do have on my website, like 
tons of um, instruction on the book too. Mm-hmm. So that's good. But I love that yours, well, I love that you're doing cooking classes now while we're talking about cooking classes. Can you tell people a little bit about what they would, what they might learn from you? Cause I know your students are over the moon. And actually I need to say one more thing before you answer that question. So sometimes in LA, like if you're not the like biggest mega superstar on the planet, like you're a regular awesome celebrity chef, um, your books might, or like your book launch parties might not be so well attended just because that's how it is. Like everybody's so used to going to event after event and seeing celebrity after celebrity that there isn't a huge novelty. And so when I heard that Pamela was doing, I, I was invited to a couple of book signings, but I decided to crash one just to make sure there were plenty of people there. And oh my God, you would have thought she was Beyonce. Like, there were so many people there. I'm like, what? So, pretty nice. You're hilarious. You know, (laughs) well, part of it is that I I have a very loyal student following. You know, so I teach these classes, and I have a lot of students that take my classes. And, um, you know, the format of my classes is demonstration, meaning, like, I demonstrate recipes in front of my class start to finish with tons of details along the way. And that's the way I feel like people will learn best, not by dividing up the class into groups and having people just do like one task on one recipe and not even see what's going on with the other recipes. That's not how I like to teach. I like to give people information about the products that I like. I've done tons of research on what I think are the cleanest products, what perform best in certain recipes. And then I also incorporate a lot of nutrition information into the classes. And there's always time for Q&A. So that's basically the classes in a nutshell. And because I really don't have any more days in the week to teach, I decided to tape my classes just the same ones that I teach in front of, you know, students on a daily basis, and then post them online. And then people can, you know, buy one class, buy a series of classes, and they're learning the exact same information that my students are learning. I mean, everything from, you know, what my favorite brand of knife is to how to care for it and why I prefer wood over plastic cutting boards and when to throw your cutting boards out and why I like this, you know, jar of tomatoes better than another one, Um, all all of that stuff, when to use convection over regular. I mean, I just go through it. So I thought it would be, you know, achieving my goal more or better than if I wasn't doing this. I needed to try and reach more people and teach more people how to be comfortable in the kitchen. So there's only so many people you can teach when you're doing this live in person. So that's the, you know, the, the, the motivation behind, you know, getting them online. Right. Well, and I love it because, you know, I mean, people out there have seen you or me or both on TV a million times. And it's, you know, they tell you when you're media training um, to be on TV for the first time that you're not going to be able to show someone how to actually cook a recipe. Um, You can only get them to remember something that you say or teach them like one little nugget. Mm -hmm. And that's frustrating for me too. I know we've talked about this before, but it's like, there's so many things along the way that they're just little things that like make all the difference in the world. And there's so many times that I can make the exact same dish with the exact same number of calories 300 times better than somebody else who didn't have basic cooking technique, which you and I both know could just mean pan hotter, (laughs) you know? Right. Well, I'm curious, what are some of your favorite products right now that people might not know about? I mean, I've seen your Facebook lives and I've seen your Instagram lives because I follow you incessantly. So I know a couple of them, but are there, is there anything that jumps out? Like what is Pamela eating right now that, that might be a lesser known thing that uh, people don't know about? they're lesser known, but, you know, I do, I do like salt. Um, that's like not even a secret, but I, I only use sea salt. Um, or, you know, if it's something that I'm going to throw away, like pasta water, I like, you know, an additive free kosher salt, but otherwise I'm using something called real salt. And I also like flaky sea salt to finish things, or sometimes I'll even put it on something sweet, just that really crispy, like mulled on, 
flaky sea salt. I think it's delicious. Like I mentioned before, I use raw cashew butter to thicken things instead of like heavy cream or um, making like a flour butter roux. I, uh, the raw cashew butter I think is genius. I also like to have on hand for like quick protein boosts in like a salad or a pasta or whatever is canned wild fish. So I like a good quality canned tuna that's low in mercury, and I also like a good quality wild salmon that's canned. I think those are so great to have on hand. Um, And I'm using a lot more fine blanched almond flour lately. I've been doing more grain-free baking, Um, not because I'm grain-free. I literally eat everything, but I just like the consistency of grain-free baked goods after they've been sitting around for a while, which I can't say the same thing about like wheat-based things. And also the glycemic index is so much lower when you use almond flour as a base for a cake than like a white flour. So those are a couple of things that I've been, you know, playing around with a lot lately and having fun with. And how does it feel to have a husband who decided to go vegan? And I'd love for you to tell people, we have about four minutes before a break. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'd love for you to just tell people like what he ate before, what the motivation was, and we can pick this up after the break if we need to. Um, And then what the impact has been. I mean, I know you're not a big meat eater anyway, but I'm just kind of curious. Like, Yeah, I mean, I'm not vegan, and he definitely wasn't vegan. He was, like, super cheeseburger guy, and his cholesterol numbers were astronomically high. So instead of doing what I suggested, which was to just maybe go on a plant-based diet and see what happened, he went on cholesterol-lowering medication, and (gasps) he had a horrible side effect. He, like, literally lost his memory. He couldn't remember basic things that he could remember before. So the doctor told him to immediately stop. So instead, he just decided to why not try a vegan diet and see what happened. And at first, it was pretty hard. Um, He did lose quite a bit of weight in the first six weeks. And that's really all he gave himself was six weeks. His numbers didn't go down too much. But then he decided to keep going because he felt really, really good. And then it's been like six and a half months and his numbers went down another 120 points. Wow. So it's cholesterol. Yeah. So it's been, it's been great for him. And for those who don't know you, like if you looked at him, you would never think he had high cholesterol, even before when he was a burger guy. Um, he looked like he was in shape and I saw him at the, we go to the same gym too, ironically. So, um, well actually tennis club, but, um, that has a gym also. And, uh, yeah. And you'd see him there and you'd never think that. So that's why I was like, Whoa, he went vegan. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been a little bit more challenging for me than I anticipated because even though I really like plant-based foods, legumes and veggies and all that, I don't want to eat that way necessarily every single night. So it has forced me to, you know, maybe make something extra a couple of nights a week just so that my son and myself, like we're, you know, if we want some chicken or fish, we can have it too. Right. And I guess for me, I honestly, the hard part of that is sometimes the other things like the cheeses and the things that I use just a little bit of to enhance. Right. And, you know, and that's the thing is like, if I want a sprinkle of Parmesan or like a cube of feta on my salad, I'm going to have it. I don't, you know, it it doesn't bother me. But um, for him, he really had to go cold turkey. There was just no other way. So he had one cheat day in New York when we were there over the holidays for Christmas. He is obsessed with pizza, so he, he's just like, you know what, I'm going to have a slice of pizza. I'm like, I don't think you shouldn't have a slice of pizza. You should. But normally he would have six slices of pizza. So this time he had one and, like, a big salad. So that's kind of how he's changing his ways a bit, and I think it's for the better. Cool. Okay. Well, we have to go to break now. When we come back, we're going to get some recommendations from Pamela on some of her recipes that uh, if you have someone picky where you might start. Stay tuned, everyone. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso for an entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussion with some of the top stars in their fields, from business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, literature, and current events. 
If you're looking for what's next and comparing it to what's now or what's past, look no further than the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get Amplified. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm here with Pamela Salzman, chef extraordinaire. Uh, She has a book called Kitchen Matters that has phenomenal reviews on Amazon uh, and um, and in my book too. Uh, She is definitely my go-to when I want to make something that is veggie-centric. If I don't have a recipe for it and I don't have time to create it, I grab her book. Um, I also, it's so funny. I was flipping through here and I, I haven't honestly like read every single page of her book. Like I just kind of skimmed, but it's funny. She has these gingerbread bliss balls that are almost exactly like my red balls. It's funny. I think we both have this conversation. Sometimes chefs will be like, you took my recipe. And, and, um, like, I am certain she didn't, you know, these are recipes that, um, you use gingerbread seasonings and you use dates because that's a really healthy thing. And it's like, as I said, it was in Biggest Loser cookbook many years ago and it's kind of funny because I'm looking at this and I was like wow it's really similar but she has more nuts um <laughs> and uh it just Suffice you know it to like, say I don't have the biggest loser cookbook <laughs> well I'm I know you don't and no that's what I'm saying like it's just great minds think alike it was funny because yeah. it was a, I mean out of like what 200 recipes we have things that are similar I mean they're not the same like I wouldn't believe yeah. me you know I'm not suggesting that at all I just of think course. it's funny that sometimes um people do kind of think that and it's like it's chocolate and peanut butter and milk you know it's like it's right, right, right. you know um it's all the components in gingerbread but what i would love to ask you is so you know this is going to make your skin cringe um not the part that i'm asking you that'll be easy for you um but last year when i was kind of working on a meat and potatoes project i put on facebook Uh, what does meat and potatoes mean to you? Because I was wondering if we're at a place in society now where some people consider fish even meat or people consider chicken or turkey. Is that meat? Because I consider chicken and turkey meat. Um, But I was just curious, like what the, the temperature was out there. And the number of people, if I was like, you know, somebody's a meat and potatoes person, the number of people that wrote and said, my husband does not eat a vegetable at all. He eats beef and potatoes, period. I was like, oh, um, so that's the part that's going to make you cringe. Um, if yeah. you have that husband, which we know you don't, but if you did, um, well, you wouldn't, but let's just pretend. Um what would you recommend that they try in your book to like ease them off of the meat and potatoes only? I think a lot of people like, I mean, well, here's number one. I mean, you have to know your audience, right? You have to know that your husband or significant other or kid or whatever, whenever you go out to a restaurant, seems to always order you know, or wants to go out for Mexican food or Chinese food or Italian food, right? I mean, so just starting there is 
a good way to begin. Okay, so, okay, you like, my husband really likes Mexican food. Okay, then let's make him something Mexican. Um, or ask your husband or whomever, you know, what, what would you love for me to make at home? That's kind of a great place to start. In my book, though, again, I'm not like a sneaky chef, but I will put a few weird, you know, ingredients that you wouldn't normally expect to see in some recipes. Like, for example, I have a turkey chipotle chili recipe. It's mm-hmm. not mostly turkey. It's a little bit of turkey. It's a lot of beans. And there's some sweet potato that's grated in there that nobody really knows about. But it actually tastes great. The texture is amazing. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to tell people that there's sweet potato in there or that there's a lot more beans than turkey. It doesn't matter. But, you know, that's a good place to start. And you could also take cauliflower rice. Oh, that's something I should have mentioned when it's, like, my favorite ingredients. I am obsessed with cauliflower rice, which is, in case people don't know, it's like you take cauliflower, you pulse it in your food processor, and it looks like the shape of rice, and you can just saute it as is with some seasonings and eat it, and you can use it as a bed for a stir fry or whatever, just the way you would rice. You can throw it into soups. You can throw it into regular rice without even adjusting your rice recipe, and then you've got some rice, some cauliflower. Um, I put it in smoothies. I know it sounds crazy, but I'll put like a quarter of a cup in smoothies. That is an awesome way to get, you know, a little bit of vegetable into somebody. So there's a recipe in my book that's part risotto and part cauliflower rice, and you literally can't even tell the difference when you take a bite, like what's rice and what's cauliflower. And also in the smoothie bowls section of the book, I give a bunch of different suggestions for you know, adding things into smoothies that maybe are a little bit unexpected, but you don't notice them. So like taking frozen peas or taking cooked white beans or tofu or, again, cauliflower rice, and just adding a small amount just to amp up the nutrition of your smoothie and bulk it up a little bit. It's funny. I do that a lot with spinach. I hadn't done cauliflower. Um, weirdly, I make a delicious butternut squash smoothie that I've even sent to people. I mean, like that I've even served to people when they come for a tasting in my kitchen to impress them. Um, but I hadn't done cauliflower and I've done tofu before. Um, I'm not, I am not a big tofu eater, but I have put that in smoothies cause I think it gives such a creaminess totally. and spinach. I feel like is completely undetectable. So I love that for people who aren't getting enough vegetables, yeah. but totally as I said, I hadn't done I mean, cauliflower. Yeah. And like spinach, I feel like a lot of people know already to put some spinach into their smoothie. Um, mm-hmm. and it does make everything green, but the cauli- cauliflower I'm telling you is like the it vegetable right now. I mean, I have taken cauliflower rice and turned it into a pizza crust. I make, I cook it with like cashews and blend it and it becomes like almost like a ricotta texture and I'll put it in lasagna. And again, I do eat everything. So it's not like I'm trying to avoid something, but Cauliflower is one of the most nutritious foods out there, and especially if you're not getting your vitamins and your fiber and your, you know, from vegetables, it's just, it's such an easy one. And even roasting it plain with some oil and salt and pepper, my son will just eat it right off of the sheet pan, which is like a miracle. Wow. Yeah, that is a minor miracle. I I don't know if you know this. It's so funny. So Pamela as I said, we live in the same neighborhood and I go to all of the grocery stores, like the big chains and various places, because again, just because of the, going back to the know your audience, like I'm trying to channel the inner me when I was 200 pounds and like, what was I ready for? And then I do some veggie dishes the way Pamela does. She focuses on, you know, the veggie dishes and like really puts her oomph into those. And so you shop like pretty much exclusively at farmer's markets and specialty markets and things like that, right? Yeah, I tend to, I mean, part of it is just that I don't have like a ton of time to go all over the place, but I do love to go to the farmer's markets, um, especially the one in Manhattan Beach in our town. I think it's a really good one, and I love the produce there. I like to go to Whole Foods. Um, I also like to shop at Trader Joe's. I don't necessarily think their produce is amazing, but they do have some great 
products like a frozen cauliflower rice. So I, I do love to keep that on hand. I love, you know, they've got like good canned beans, organic canned beans for a really good price in BPA-free cans. So there's like little things like that that I think are a good value there. Right. I was just wondering, like, my reason for bringing that up was when you were talking about the cauliflower rice in your food processor, like, that's pretty common in, like, your typical any grocery store these days, believe it or not, that you don't even have to do it yourself. And I'm not sure if you even knew that. And I know I was just talking to someone from the Produce Manufacturers Association and also uh, from, like, a reporter along those lines who was talking to me about my book. And it's funny because more and more and more of those convenient vegetables are actually coming to the mass market stores, which is so exciting to me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Costco has cauliflower rice now. Right. And then you know if they have it, it's like, it's a mass market. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So amazing. Um, What else? We have only a few minutes left. I'd love to know what else you think are your, are there like a couple tips that you see? I always call it the flip, like that can really change someone or something that makes you feel great after your classes when you're like, oh yeah, that's so obvious to me. And they didn't know that. Do you have any pearls of wisdom along those Um, lines? You know, I think that because I teach more often in other people's kitchens than in my own, so I kind of see how people are living and how their kitchens are set up and all of that. And so if I can just put myself in, you know, somebody else's kitchen in those shoes, what I see a lot that could be so game-changing for a lot of people is, number one, their knives are not sharp enough. So, so true. It's it's really, number one, dangerous, but number two, it's so not fun to cook with dull knives, to like prep with dull knives, it's like really changes how much you enjoy cooking when your knives are sharp. And there's a lot of places that you can go to get your knives sharpened. And there's no rule of thumb, like how often you need to get them sharpened. But, you know, even if it's just every six months, every knife needs to be sharpened. I mean, except for like a serrated knife. But my point is like every brand, whether they're expensive or not expensive. They all need sharpening. Um, So that's number one. Number two is like put your appliances that you really want to use in a place that's accessible. So I can't tell you how many times I go into people's kitchens and I'm like, hey, where's your food processor? They're like, oh, it's in the garage, like behind the surfboard, behind the Christmas lights. (laughs) And so I'm like, oh, you ever use it? And of course I'm taking it out of the box and unwrapping plastic and they're like no not really I'm like well maybe if it were in a more high real estate area of your kitchen you'd use it more because a food processor to me is like my best friend in the kitchen I can't live without it it's just so helpful for making tedious jobs much more easy so I'm really into you know that and you know keeping it in a really good area of your kitchen And then also just seasoning. So a lot of people don't taste food as they're cooking, and they don't usually add enough salt. And I know that some people can't add a lot of salt for dietary reasons. So you just add what feels good to you. But never serve things until you've tasted it because you may have forgotten to add the salt. You may be just like kind of winging it and then you didn't add enough or maybe it just adds, needs a little extra oomph because it's been sitting on the stove a little longer and the flavors have kind of dulled a little bit. But that's another, you know, really good habit to get in. And then lastly, people need to just plan their meals a little bit better so that you're not running to the supermarket at 5.30 on a weekday with all the other crazies and kind of wondering, like, what should I make? Like, let me call my husband. What do you want for dinner? I don't know. What do you want for dinner? you got to start planning your meals. So I've been doing this thing on my blog once a week where I just post a hypothetical dinner planner so people can just get forced to sit down on a Sunday or a Saturday and, you know, think about the week ahead and possibly, you know, plan out a couple meals. It just saves so much stress during the week. Oh, I mean, I couldn't, that wasn't my number one, like when anybody asked me, like my number one tips, obviously, are don't diet, you know, just find stuff Two, like, yeah, planning is everything. everything. And especially like I have been guilty. I think we were just talking about this the other day on our walk. Like I was so guilty of, you know, jelly bean comes into my life and I'm blessed like you would not believe, but she threw a big wrench in 
you know, like me taking care of myself, which I know happens to all moms. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, you know, it around three and a half months getting in the groove of, Oh, like I have to have my dinner planned if not on Sunday by the time my employees have left or I'm dead because, you know, at when they leave, it's a hundred percent game on for me. Uh, and then I'm feeding her. I'm not feeding myself. She needs the attention. And I wasn't eating until like nine 30 at night. And then on top of it, like little miss me that, you know, is used to going to bed way later than you at like midnight or one or whatever is suddenly going to bed at 10 after eating at nine 30. And I'm wondering why I'm complaining about a couple. Of yeah. That's not, that's not sustainable. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, no, it's just not the right thing, but it, it just completely speaks to even, you know, us as pros, like it, we're fast in the kitchen. We have the right knives. We have the right equipment. We have like, I'm the same way. My food processor is the one thing that sits on my kitchen counter. I mean, I think people have seen me shoot in my kitchen enough that they know that like, it's literally a food processor that has the multiple components that I can grate, I can place, I can do whatever. And it also has to go cups, which for me are life-saving too, to make that smoothie. Do you use those or do you have a giant blender and you wash it? I have a, cause I'm also usually making, if I'm making a smoothie, it's generally for like, you know, three of us, possibly five of us. So I just do it in a blender. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm getting used to that. There's other people in my world thing. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, well, I know that everybody, we have a couple minutes left. I know that everybody is going to want to know where they can get more and more and more Pamela Salzman. Oh. Where can we go to find you? Well, all my Instagram handles are, I mean, all my social handles, including Instagram and Twitter, all just my name at Pamela Salzman. And then my blog name is PamelaSalzman.com. You can find information on my online classes. Plus just like there's tons of free recipes on there and dinner planners again, once a week. Um, and then my book is on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and everywhere books are sold. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that line so funny? It's like, Hmm, how's that possible? Uh, I am curious as a final question, uh, in two minutes or less, what you do to stay fit around the food. It's really challenging. No joke. Uh -huh. I mean, yep. it's the struggle is real, my friend, because, <laughs> you know, I'm making a lot of food for my classes four days a week. And um, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm also noticing that I have to change my workouts a little bit. So I work out a lot. I work out six days a week and I'm starting to do more weight training. I feel like that's helping my metabolism kind of stay at a certain level. So that's number one. Number two is if it's a class day, I don't eat a gigantic breakfast. I eat something just enough to like get me through, keep my energy up, and then I can eat a little bit more at lunchtime. And then I just try to, you know, not eat too much dessert. So even though I'm making a dessert like at each class, I try and limit <laughs> it to like once a week because the sugar, sugar is the killer. I mean, that is, you know, as we all know, not great for blood sugar stability and, you know, inflammation and everything. So I try and limit the dessert to like once a week. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for joining me here and just being in my life, but, um, but joining me here and sharing with everyone, I'm sure they're going to be excited. Um, if they didn't already know you to, um, follow you the way I do. And, um, I hope everyone has a great week. This was fun. Thanks for having me. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening to Have It All. Be sure to join Devin Alexander for another great show next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until we talk again, have a fit and fun week.